It's the My Michelle Live podcast. Looking for the God story and news of the day. My Michelle Live news and views. Here's Michelle. Thank you for joining me today. News and views. The big story that everyone seems to be talking about is the indictment of Donald Trump. And as we look at what's happening in New York, it looks as though there is no end to the pulling everybody who could possibly put on a uniform onto the streets. What's behind this and what's some of the concern? There is a lot that we need to delve into to this, like Donald Trump or not. What's happening in our country and the weaponization of the government against citizens is a concern. We're going to take it on with Michael Letts. Michael Letts is the man behind Invest, which is a fabulous organization that gives bulletproof vests to those who serve. To those who serve and protect know they're going to be protected by Michael and his organization. And Michael is, is also greatly involved just because of his passion in a lot of areas where your safety is concerned. We're going to talk about some of those. Michael, thank you for joining me today. Michelle, it's always a privilege to be with a host who cares about their country. He cares about making sure their listeners understand and can hear the truth because, unfortunately, that's lacking today. It is. It is unfortunate. And that's why we must broadcast. We like to unspin the news and look deep for the God story. Sometimes in the unspinning of the news, that doesn't mean it's always the way you want it to be reported. But, man, Michael, back in the day when I started in journalism and broadcasting, it was a badge of honor to Talk about a controversial subject that you were passionate about and for the audience to not know where you stood because you were just reporting what was going on. You were trying to give both sides. You were trying to see both sides. In That was a wonderful thing. It helped us to empathize with the other side, to understand a little bit more and to be willing to talk. We're not there right now. And hence, we're seeing it played out in the big screens in front of us every night, the little screens we ha- hold in our hands, the angst, the division, and even some of the weapon. Let's talk a little bit about what's happening in New York and some of the concern from the side of the police. Let's, there's a lot of concern from the side of the police. The biggest concern we all have, and it should be your concern, Michelle, and everyone else's concern, is we have passed a threshold to where we are now in a justice system that is truly two-tiered. It is a corrupt justice system. It is being used to weaponize and to politicize and to go after opponents who do not agree with your philosophy or your mindset. That is what was occurring 250 years ago when 10% of the citizens that were living in the land at the time decided that we were going to succeed from British rule. And we created the American Revolution. And we created our new country with a constitution that enabled and guaranteed that every American had the right to freedom and to be treated equally with a justice system that did not base itself upon your views or your values. It was equal justice for all. Very scriptural. I tell people that from all along, our country, whether you like it or not, is irrelevant to me. It was simply founded on Judeo-Christian principles. That's the way it is. You don't like it, you can leave. But we have 
turned a corner very tragically. And what you're beginning to see now, and let's talk about what happened with Trump. This is the first of many cases. So let's talk about what happened with Trump. First of all, whether you like Trump or not is irrelevant at this particular moment, and I'll tell you why. If you believe that there were some perhaps misdemeanors on bad accounting or bad book reporting, irrespective, it is a misdemeanor charge at best in the state. It is if it's a federal election issue, it becomes a federal charge, becomes a felony. But remember, they've all declined to prosecute. There's no evidence there. There's no evidence on a state level. But if you really want to press that matter, you could have very simply done it from this standpoint. We do it all the time across the country. We have Zoom. What you and I are talking about now, you have Skype. We bring in people to the court system. We arraign them. We set bail and move forward. Why do I need you to appear, Michelle? The only reason I need you to appear is if we have perceived that your crime is a violent crime, you pose an imminent threat to the community or to people surrounding you. Now, let's be blunt. You can't stretch it that far to say Donald Trump poses an imminent threat of either flight risk or the fact that he poses some violent behavior to his citizens and to the people around him. So they've made this a political issue. We need to start on that basis. This was a political photo op, nothing more. This was nothing but a political photo op for the Democratic Party. That having been said, how do we make that occur and what are the consequences? As New York City has been very adamant, very adamant about the defund the police movement, they have struck their budget considerably. They have lost tens of thousands of officers who have left and even left their pensions because of the fact it is so bad they can no longer be involved with law enforcement in the city of New York. So their capacity is way down. They have very few officers left to cover a very large city. So they decided if they're going to do this photo, of course, you can't make the city look bad. You have to look like you have presence. If you have the strength to be able to control the situation should it become violent. So they ordered every officer, okay, regardless of whether you're a street officer, detective, undercover, they ordered every officer in full uniform to be back on the streets, okay, to show a presence of force during this photo opportunity. Now let's talk about what is the negative. What's wrong with that? Two things, first of all. Because of the fact that we have so many officers that have left, so few personnel available. Those that are left are already working overtime, okay? They don't want to. They have to. They're being forced to cancel vacations, family time, sick time. Don't call in and say you've got a cold anymore. That's irrelevant. You better be dead if you're not going to show up this way they're looking at it now. So you already have an overstressed force. Now you're being asked to come in, quite frankly, and make sure that every one of those officers are still being able to be on the street to show this force of presence. So when they put them on the street with their officers, now we're talking about undercover and detectives. There is what we've called in the CIA, the FBI, Interpol, and other things across the, the world, facial recognition software, okay? I can create, there is software available, but we can get a picture of you. I can take you in a different setting, cross-reference and say, yeah, that's Michelle. No, that's not. We're very careful to make sure photo taken for that particular purpose you've ignored that provision you put everybody on the street in uniform to show now what happens in the mafia or in the cartels those people have plenty of cash michelle they've got plenty of money they have technology people who know how to work this software they can get plenty of people pay you 20 50 50 bucks a day 100 bucks a day to run around with your camera on this particular day all day long and photograph every officer you can find
and they create a database. Now we go back later and say, okay, so Michelle and I are talking about a drug deal. Let's run a picture just to make sure she is who she says she is. And it happens to pop up that you were in uniform on that particular day. Guess what? You're not going to be alive much longer. No. We have put your life and your family's life at risk. For what? For a political photo opportunity? You're going to risk the lives of officers for that? So that's a major concern. Another major concern is it's costing $10 million additional dollars to provide this extra security, to bring people over time, et cetera. But yet, in the same breath, you're defunding the police. You're telling me you're not going to provide me the equipment that I need to come home safely to my family. You're telling me we can't hire additional officers. So what kind of message does that send to the officers in New York and, quite frankly, across the country? Public safety is no longer respected. It's no longer valued. We are only utilized for political purposes, for photo opportunities. So explain to me, Michelle, why you think it would be worth me putting my life on the line every day for people who don't care, for a government who only wants me for political purposes, asking me to enforce unlawful and unconstitutional mandates. Nah, I don't think so. I think we'll go ahead and do what the rest of the officers are doing across this country now. We'll retire. We'll leave. We'll either find a place that is more accepting and more supportive of our work. We'll go drive a garbage truck. Why not? At least we'll stay alive that way. That is what is so wrong with what we have seen happen in the last day. Now, this is just one example. I can give you more examples than you've got time to talk about how the injustice that we have a two-tier justice system. But this is the one in the news today, and so we'll talk about this one for today. Yeah, and it is important because what I ask our viewers and listeners to take into consideration is your worldview. Whether you like someone, you like a party, you like, you're not going to everything everyone does, but it's not about what a party does. It's about what you believe. Your worldview matters. And Michael, when you follow out your worldview and how it can break down and how it can actually put more people at risk and how it is truly unfair, you look at your worldview and you say, does this work for group A as well as it would work for group B? If it doesn't, then you've got to problem with your worldview you need to rethink it and that is exactly what we're seeing here you mentioned some of the legal hullabaloo that's happening in the kind of king a kangaroo court proceeding where in new york they're making things that are felonies misdemeanors and they're releasing people into the public that are committing secondary crimes and horrible crimes because they want to be soft on crime. But yet in this one instance, they'll go ahead and make misdemeanors felonies. Now, the problem with Correct. that, you can, they, it's easy to do when you take a figure like Donald Trump, who has been lambasted in the media, who will open his mouth and say things that you go, okay, maybe not. And look at a figure like that and you can say, okay, we'll crucify him. And yet... What happens when we see that same government militarize against its citizens, use the FBI against PTA moms? That's where you, or the IRS against people who have the wrong kind of leaning. We're seeing it break down in every area, Michael, from the government down to the increase in road rage because we don't care about each other anymore. Because my gosh, you may have a bumper sticker of someone I don't agree with. We're in a virtual civil war and it's almost as though 
though we're on the cusp of a genuine one because we're sitting on a powder keg of unchecked emotions without logic and reason. As we're going through this, what are some of the other issues that maybe we aren't hearing in the news that we need to take into consideration, Michael? I'm glad you mentioned that, Michelle. Let me capitalize on something you said because I've had people tell me, well, look, I'm not involved in politics. I don't really care what they do. Fine. That's great. This is a local prosecutor. Okay, he is campaign has been funded by George Soros over a million dollars so far has gone into his campaign. But it's not just him. We have countless DAs across the country from California, Seattle, Portland, Detroit, Atlanta, Chicago, everywhere that you want to talk about. We have countless prosecutors that have been funded by George Soros, have won their election. And their number one priority is just exactly what you said. This is a new era of crime. We will de-escalate and not charge people with felonies. We'll charge you with misdemeanors, get you back on the street to show you that we're willing to give you a second, third, fourth, fifth chance. We can rehabilitate people by believing in people. Here's the issue I want your viewers to understand. We're not talking about this is the first time Michelle stole a pack of gum and now we're going to lock her away for life. No, no. We're talking about repeat violent offenders. And this is what is their concentrating on is putting them back out on the street within 24 to 48 hours. People who have murdered, raped, done all kinds of violent issues, we're trying to put them back on. This is the same prosecutor that's doing with Trump, uh, Mr. Bragg, he's a DA. Why is this important? He's a local prosecutor. Local prosecutors all across the country are taking lead from him. Now, what has he done as a precedent? First of all, he put a charge for a misdemeanor that had already passed his two-year limitations, statute of limitations. So he has sent a precedent. We no longer abide by precedent by statute of limitations. You remember our law is based on precedent. I take a look at how I'm going to try you based on what has happened in cases and cases before. So the law is always based on precedent. We have now set a precedent that this particular section of the law doesn't matter. Statute of limitations. I can go back against you 20, 30 years ago if I need to now. Local prosecutors can do that. So forget about whether you believe in politics or not. Now we have set the stage that if I just don't like you, your dog walked across my yard the wrong way last night. If I have influence, I can get a prosecutor to mm. indict you for whatever. We'll find something because statute of limitations don't matter anymore. And you say it'll never stick. Even if it doesn't stick, Michelle, you know what it's like to have to go through and spend your life savings, defending yourself, defending your reputation under the stress that's and pressure that should something go wrong and you've got a jury of your peers that perhaps are bought off. And that's not totally out of the realm of possibility either. No, that's the problem. That's not that what this country was based upon, never has been, and quite frankly, it's something worth fighting for and dying for if we have to make sure that we never go to that point again in this in history of this country. No, it's dangerous because, not because of the Donald Trumps, and I'm going to be controversial and say, personally, I don't care what happens to Donald Trump on a personal basis, but on a I'm an American citizen basis, I better care because what could what happens there with him and all of his resources and all of his money, if the government turns its ire against me or I happen to say the wrong thing, we already know what it's like for us little people to get canceled off of social media. What happens when you're fighting against a government or something unjust 
and you don't have the funds and you don't have the resources. That's what we are concerned about today and why this is such a big deal to all of us. That's not the way it works. We see that is the way it works if you are in a communist country. You don't say the wrong thing. The government has the right to just come in, take everything, take your kids, shoot you in the head if they want to. Do we want to get to that point? It's it's really not the way of the future if we really want to see our republic last very much longer. Michael, there are some people who are not only talking about it, but there are movements that are saying, okay, we have to stand against it. But it seems almost impossible because we get very little information in the media that's balanced. And you can be the most reasonable person in the world, but if you're bombarded with the same message again and again, it's like brainwashing. You get a little softer towards it. So we're not balanced and we're not able to really delve into this with complete logic. So we have the media that's working against us. We are afraid naturally of what the government can do. We have, we saw a lot of that play out during COVID. What are some people doing now to say, okay, you know what? We need to stand. We need to speak out. We need change. Thank you so much for asking that question, Michelle. We've been talking about that. We've been for the last couple of years, actually. And the question has come, especially when I'm doing this across the country, that we've heard enough. What are we going to do together? What can we make? How can we make the change? It's very simple. I tell people, don't lose hope. There are things you can do. And I want to elaborate on them right now. First thing is we have to, if we're going to maintain law and order, in this country we have to have a mechanism to do and that is the thin blue line they are so demoralized they are they have been a more assaults murders and kills of officers than we've ever had in history in the last 24 months and the fact of the matter is there's a higher suicide rate of officers than we've ever had in history why they know the government doesn't back them they know the government is using them as political pawns but they don't know what you are doing with them. They don't know what the American people, do you support them or do you not? So first thing I would tell every American listening to me, take five minutes a day, three, two, whatever you can do, and find an officer somewhere, even if you're driving down the street, throw your arm out the window and wave. Thank you for willing to put your life on the line to protect us. That's uh-huh. all you need to do and say that will make a huge difference. Can That's I tell you a thing. true story? Not Please. long after we were defunded in my city of Seattle, I was downtown Ooh. and I saw a group of three officers. I walked by and I stopped and turned around and I said, hey, this is a really tough time for you guys. A lot of, of your brethren have left. And I want to thank you for staying and protecting our city. Thank you for what you do. One of the officers started weeping, just started weeping right there in front of me and said, I don't know how to say thank you. And I, I realized the stress of the job and the importance of not only the thank you, but the proper funding of law enforcement. Now, if you think of the bad seed or the bad apples that get push to the front of the media. I'm not trying to downplay that, but you want to see less of that. You have higher quality officers and you pay them well and you will have better quality officers and a better police force. It's just logic. And here we are in the crazy town, <laughs> Seattle, where we're struggling with that and we're seeing what happens 
when you defund the police. So yes, number one, say thank you. That's an easy thing to do. What else can it we is do? Easy. The second thing I tell people to do is, if you can, go to our website. It's I-N-V-E-S-T-U-S-A.org and make a contribution to be able to help them have an active shooter. You say, oh, you're asking for money. Actually, I'm not. I don't care if you contribute 10 cents, 15 cents. I want to be able to tell officers there were 50 million, 75 million people, 200 million people in this country who gave. It makes no difference how much who gave to make sure that they you that they back you. That will be the second major issue. Make sure that they have the necessary equipment and active shooter vests. Third thing I tell people is this. The Second Amendment guarantees you the right to carry, to, to, to possess a firearm. Every American needs to make sure that they possess one, they know how to use it, and here's the reason why. We are getting to the point very rapidly in this country to where the thin blue line will no longer be able to provide the kind of protection for you and your family. It will fall upon you to protect your family and your community and to be a part of enforcing the standards and the laws in the area. That's coming, and it's coming very quickly. So make sure that you're protected ahead of time. I tell people the fourth thing that I would ask you to do is very simple, and that's this. Make sure that you vote the right way. Make sure you know where people stand on community safety, on law enforcement, first responders. I don't need rhetoric. Don't let them give you an answer. Show me what you have done to back the thin blue line. The fifth thing I tell people to do, and this is what we can do today. Currently, we possess the leadership in the House of Representatives, okay, in Congress. Republicans have the leadership in the House in Congress. We are asking that our congressional leaders, because the budget originates in the House, freeze and a hold on any agency that refuses to comply with subpoenas or lawful orders from Congress for their oversight abilities. You say, what does that mean? Let's explain it very quickly. The Department of Justice, the FBI, ATF, the IRS have all received inquiries about tell me why you're doing this program. Tell me what you're doing here. Tell me this. And they have all gotten responses that we're not responding. Things are investigation. We're not going to give you any information. That's a violation of the law. Congress has a constitutional right and authority to oversee every federal agency. And so I tell them it's about time you grow a little bit of backbone and tell somebody, look, if you won't obey the law and give us the information we're requesting, fine. We're not sending you your dollars anymore to pay the power bill. You decide which one's most important. So we're asking Congress to put a freeze on any agency that refuses to comply with the lawful responsibility of Congress to provide oversight for that agency and to answer any subpoena or any question. They're required to. If you and I decided, told Congress, forget you, I'm not going to answer thing. You know where we're going to be the next day? In jail. I promise you. That's the way it works. That's his two-tier justice system. It's got to stop. And then the fifth, the sixth thing that I tell people, and this I know has generated controversy, but it's the only thing left in our arsenal. It is time the Constitution and the War Powers Act give both the president and the speaker of the house congress the ability to call for a military tribunal it is time that we organize and demand a military tribunal to hold those who have taken our justice system and turned it into a dismal abyss 
and hold them accountable for their actions. Well, you I, would, what I would like to see that. The problem that we have, though, is when we're committing these atrocities, it's okay when it's my side, but it's not okay when it's the other side. And so I, I, I honestly think that those are in, who are in power are afraid to, many are afraid to stand up because because I don't like it right now, but if I get power back, I'll be doing it. And, I, and then I can say they did it first. And that's just what we're seeing. We we need people of integrity again. This country, as it the does. founders have said, was it was set up for a holy and religious, if you will, people with integrity. And we are no and longer seeing that. There was something, not to just come from right wing ideology. I'm going to praise the press for one thing. And this is an example of a point I want to make, Michael. During the Obama administration, President Obama had prohibited Fox News from coming into a press conference. The working press decided that they were going to protest. They were going to boycott because they said, no, this is not the way the press should be. I cried tears of joy on that day because that's America in action. I don't like what you have to say, but I will defend to the death your right to say it. We have lost that. And if you're in Gen Z and they no longer teach that in schools, listen up because it's somewhere in your heart. It starts to melt and warm. When you hear stories like that, because it really, truly is about standing for things that I don't even believe in, I don't agree with, but you have a place at the, ta- at the table because this is the United States of America. I can disagree with you, and then I can go have coffee with you later. That's how our country became strong. That's how we became a great melting pot. Now, we're out of time, but I want to give you the final word, Michael. I couldn't have said it any better. Thank you, Michelle. Let me end on this note. This country rallied when we were bombed in December the 7th for World War II, Pearl Harbor. This country rallied because I was there in New York in 2001, 9-11. Let me tell you, it's once again the time for this country to rally and say, enough is enough. Freedom is worth defending. It's worth dying for. You can have your values. I can have mine. But we're going to keep values in place, and we're not going to allow the government to stifle us and muffle us and keep them away from us. It's time that we stand together as a country. Amen. And I do want to encourage you to go to investusa.org. If you are watching, you're seeing it on your screen. You can find out more information. You can give to protect and to protect the future of this great country. Let's return to greatness. I'm Michelle Mendoza with Michael Letts. Thank you so much for joining us today. God bless you. God bless you. More news and views at mymichellelive.com.